All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Positive thinking. Welcome to episode 90 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm Julian Gill, your host today, and I am joined by... 69th Blizzard, Ken, St. Louis Hello. Kiss, Lonnie, and Marcus Almighty. Mark, welcome back, gentlemen, as always. Um, let's get some news out of the way first. And I guess the only real news this week is the November issue of the Japanese Burn magazine will have a 56-page Kiss special. Um, obviously, there's going to be the Kiss Expo there next month, mm-hmm. I believe. And Gene's been packing up lots of stuff to take out there. And he's also said that the expo will be going worldwide. So whatever that may mean mm-hmm. in Gene's head or in reality is yet to be determined. Right. Uh, you know, it sounds interesting, but we will have to wait and see from our Japanese brothers and sisters exactly what the expo actually turns out to be. So, you know, it's really cool, really exciting and burn I, I have no idea where you can find it i usually get all my stuff from cd japan so it's probably around mm. somewhere check online look on facebook there's a few people talking about it other news mark music you yes. project gemini um i've been lucky to hear a couple of samples and i gotta say good job man really cool stuff love what you've done love the vibe of your music uh but you want to tell people a little about what you've been working on Sure. Um, so for the last year or so, I've been working for on a new record of mine. Uh, I ended up writing quite a lot of music, actually, almost 80 minutes worth, and decided that rather than making a 80-minute album, which I always frown upon, and I'm sure I've mentioned it on this podcast a few times about long records like that. So I decided rather than be a hypocrite, I decided to split it into two records. So it's going to be released as two separate albums. Um, and it's on, uh, if you go to my Facebook page, which is just the Facebook page, uh, slash, um, Facebook slash, uh, Project Gemini, then, uh, you can go on there and you'll see the, uh, the record, the album covers are there, the information is listed on there. And if you contact me on there and if you, uh, get a hold of me and shoot me your email, I might even just send you one of those songs that Julian was uh, talking about i believe ken also has a copy of the song too and lonnie you're welcome as well if you want to check it out uh, thank you just just shoot me your email and i'll send you a copy of the song and that goes out to anybody on the board if you want to check it out open invitation to a free uh listen to the song that's really cool thanks a lot for sharing that as well and you and i were having a little bit of a conversation earlier where i told you about the song i wrote today that started off neil young and ended up neil diamond so um yours is <laughs> oh my god way better than that <laughs> <laughs> hey but at least at least neil's in there right yeah neil's in there but you know it was not what was in my head it went all happy crappy kumbaya crap and i'm going to be listening to some slayer later to get it going in the right direction so. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get into today's topic and we're going to do something different today um i've got I, i'm gonna try and hold them up but you know they're not cocaine packs by the way they uh, or or math <laughs> They are topics. We're gonna play. So some... the other side of his desk. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all over. So if Julian starts acting strange later, you know why. 
or stranger than normal. Um, so we're going to play some topic roulette. I've got six topics here. We've got no idea because I can't remember what the hell I did earlier today. Um, I'm going to throw them in a hat. Mix it up. Doing drugs. <laughs> I've been uh, preparing little packets. So I've picked one of these out of the hat, and the other guys have no idea what they are because uh, we haven't discussed any of these. We're going to do a topic completely cold and see what happens because, you know, we got to keep things fresh when you're doing a podcast. You do the same thing every week, and it gets a little bit boring. And this is actually one off the board, so I'm probably going to get mm. lynched by these guys. Um, the topic for today, gentlemen, is going to be Hot in the Shade and other terrible Kiss albums. Mm. Is there any Kiss album that you would rate as terrible and why? So I guess we got to expand this a little bit more than just that, you know, very basic premise. Um, I, I don't even think that's gone to six pages of insults yet. So, you know, it's not really uh, approached legendary. But let's talk about the albums in the catalog that you really think are dreadful and why. So now, now we'll put the what's the what's the game show music? Uh, you know when when they've got the timer going. Oh, dude! The Jeopardy music. Yeah, final Jeopardy question. I mean, you just. I'm already kind of prepared because I think I responded to that on the board. Did you? Look at you. Yeah. Oh wow! You know, I'm not even going to look on the board. But I said, yeah, I don't look. Yeah. Simple, simple as that. You know. Ken, if you're ready to go, go yeah. for it. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I, I cheated, first of all, because I, I took, uh, I included solo albums inside and outside the band. Hmm. Uh, well, then let's, let's, before you go into that, let's split that then. Yeah. You know, one for Kiss and one for outside okay. the band so that we take two picks. Okay. One Kiss album and one uh, solo, you know, outside the band. So, all right. Well, let's. You want, which one do you want first from me? Let's go with the solo first, so that we can finish up with uh, hitting the band we love. Okay. Well, this is going to be controversial, <laughs> but I did not like uh, Paul Stanley's "Live to Win" album Ooh. CD. Ooh, hate mail coming. I didn't like it. I, I for the fact that again, like certain albums that Kiss have done in the past, they try to chase the trends, and he was trying to stay with the trends. Just write, but just do what you do. Um, I know he's not going to be able to do an exact duplicate of his '78 solo album, but I wanted something at least some somewhere in the that area. <laughs> Even 80s Kiss would have been, you know, fine. He was so. What happened uh, after that? All the way up to Psycho Circus, he was, he was writing pretty good songs. Uh, then it's like, wait a minute, this is not, this is not him. This is not, you know, he's reaching for, trying to go for something else here. And I just, I couldn't get into it. I just didn't like it. I may have listened to it twice. Uh, first time you know I, I gave it i gave it a second chance and i just really didn't maybe one song was okay for me it's probably was the title track um but that one i, I do not like and i i will not play it 
So is so the it, is there no more than the one song really on there? I mean, uh, I I gotta say that I didn't like no. the I didn't like the production qualities of the album. It just didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it sounded like Ron Nevison had touched it again. It was too clinical, <laughs> yeah, too, yeah, too, too you know, polished. It, yeah, it, it lacked the edge and kind of you know the rawness. It was like over processed, over driven. Mm-hmm. Um, the guitars were utterly neutered. Um, mm. you know, it lacked depth and separation between the instruments uh, you know it, it's like was there a bass on there yeah, yeah I, uh-huh. it's all it's so buried that it, that it's very hard to tell for me I, i'm sure there are some people who are able to pick on that those sorts of nuances much much easier but you know was it just the songs that let you down and can you you know can you not rock out to bulletproof yeah, I, I mean, I, I can barely remember them. Like I said, I, I listened to it a couple times, and then I just gave up on it real quick. I mean, I usually won't give up on music <laughs> too easily. Uh, but that was just, it rubbed me the wrong way, totally. I got to agree. I got to agree. Yeah. It, I just, I just could get, I think it was the a combination of everything. The, the production, the songwriting style on it, I think was the number one thing for me that I didn't care for. I mean, honestly, just if I just give you my one little point here, is that I got it too as a gift for my birthday way back when it came out. And while I was excited to get it, the one telling thing about it is exactly what you just said, Ken. Is like I've listened to it maybe three times, but I couldn't for the life of me recall anything off of that record. It's just not memorable to me. You know, and I mean, that's sad to say because my favorite Kiss solo record has got to be Paul Stanley's. So, mm-hmm. what happened? You know, <laughs> what happened? It's interesting that you picked that. I mean, because I mean, there are, I mean, and we'll all get our picks, but you know, and I, I think there's, I think there's much worse solo Kiss albums than than Paul Stanley's "Live to Win" and <laughs> solo Kiss albums that I've listened to a whole lot less than "Live to Win." So I, I actually enjoyed it and, you know, saw his show in Chicago, um, traveled up there and, and saw it. It was, and the show itself was fantastic too. So, and I actually enjoyed the album. I thought it was, you know, it was, it was different for Paul, obviously, and different than his 78 album. Um, and, and it is really polished, like, like, like you guys mentioned, but I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was a, you know, like just a different take on Paul Stanley, you know, not writing, um, a Kiss album, writing an album that he could write as Paul Stanley and not Star Child. But, so but I enjoyed what? it, but it was just a different direction for him. But but you know what though, you you mentioned one thing though that's kind of interesting. You said how you loved the 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 show. You went to Chicago and checked it out. Those are two vastly sort of different environments though. A live oh, sure, show can sure. usually turn it everything around for someone's perception of something, right? Because you're right into it, you love it. Maybe the songs sound better live, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that was what I was going to say. Was, yeah. That one live kiss, the the songs from the mm-hmm. album that were on the live, you know, the video, live and, and, and like the live, they, they've, they've got the edge because they've got you know a yeah. mix that's more conducive, really, that's more honest, less polished because it's in a live environment, so it's rougher around the edges. So you know, I'll I'll certainly agree on that level as much as I, that, you know, there are songs on there that I just think are total Paul Stanley gems in terms of both the songwriting, the execution the performance but again it does come back to the production which um you know is just sadly lacking so i'm not going to go quite to ken's extreme and put it in you know as a, as a basket case of an album but i it could certainly have been far better because i think there are others to choose from oh there, there are plenty oh, yeah. 
There are plenty to choose from. So, Mark, let's go to you for your non-kiss okay. pick as, uh, you know, something in the terrible category. Okay, well, just, I don't know if you'll get it from just what I'm going to show you, but this is definitely one of them. This is my pick. <laughs> All systems okay. go. So, Vinny Vincent, mm. okay, by far has made the worst solo records out of anybody in Kiss, okay? Which, again, is a big shame. All, did uh, <laughs> I never, honestly, I've never got it. I never bought it. I never listened That's to probably it. probably a good thing. That's why you're saying <laughs> I heard so many people say terrible things about it. I never even bothered, bothered because, you know, why, why? You know, but Vinnie Vincent, I mean, I got the first record and the second one. And if there's one thing that always rubbed me the wrong way is that really that first record, because I was one of those people that, you know, really liked the stuff that Vinnie did when he was in Kiss. You know, I thought that he's a great player and, you know, they really, you know, had him under good control there. But when as soon as he was left to his own devices, man, it was just unbelievable just those guitar solos were just terrible like i i couldn't believe my ears like what i was hearing and i was thinking to myself this guy went from great to garbage like just like that like it was just terrible like and and the other thing that really rubbed me the wrong way as well was there was an article that bobby bobby rock did the drummer there where he wrote in great detail about the sessions for that record and how it was a complete utter nightmare making that record with Vinny, how they first got these great drum sounds and, you know, they put him in this really odd kind of hall and they recorded and it sounded awesome. And then he kept getting all these phone calls from Vinny. Um, I don't know. I, I just suddenly, I don't like the way it sounds. You have to come back and redo the drums and you have to follow the, the this click and all this. And they just totally dissected his drumming to the, to the point of where he said he actually got sick and nauseous just thinking of going back to the studio with working with this guy. It was just incredible. Like how he picked it apart. And then it was his manager who came back and said, what the hell is this? It sounds like crap. What happened to the original drums? And that was the only reason why it went back to the way it was before. Right. So it's just, just those kind of stories on top of it just made me really despise that album even more. I mean, just besides the fact that I just didn't like it to begin with, it's just being a person who's worked in studios myself and have done stuff with various people I kind of understand that feeling of just wanting it to be over and getting the hell out of there. And could you imagine working with Vinny on that record? It just must have been a complete, utter nightmare, you know? And I, I just don't think that the record is good. I mean, Ace's records were much better solo. I mean, at least he kept true to himself, and you knew what you were getting with Ace when you got his albums. But Vinny, I mean, it just sounded like a bumblebee got loose in the studio when those guitar solos came and I was just, it's just, it's just, it's just crap. I just, I, to me, there's very few records that are worse than that, in my opinion. So that's definitely my pick for the worst solo record. Yeah. Bobby's description of working in the studio is legendary. I think he had said something to the effect of, he was asked to basically imitate a drum machine that Vinny had programmed, which <laughs> yeah. is is not a, per, a percussionist's you know way of actually working. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted him to double track, and mm-hmm. then it still wasn't perfect enough for Vinny. So absolute nightmare. Um, however, I totally disagree with you, but 
you know, there there we go. <laughs> Lonnie, let's move on, on to yours. Well, I think I well, I gave it away a minute ago what I was gonna what I was gonna pick and that's You're gonna cop out and, and go for the easy target? I'm going for the easy target and it's one for all. I mean, if you're gonna go with the the, the worst solo kiss record, it's it's one for all. There's and there's just there's no way around it, in my opinion. I mean, Ken, you talked about how you could only sit through Live to Win, you know, you gave it a listen once and you went back and, okay, I'll give it another shot. I I, tr- I don't know if I've ever made it through <laughs> one for all. <laughs> and I, when I bought it, I was just like, oh, my gosh, well, this is terrible. Well, you know, and then you, you click to the next song. Well, well, it's got to get better. Well, no, it doesn't get better. It, it, it actually gets a little worse as you go. And it it's it's unbelievable how in my opinion just how bad it is and 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 it, and it hurts me to say that because you, know, you read peter's autobiography he talks about how crushed he was when the, the public's reaction to that album was so horrible and you know, he talks about how he just poured his heart and soul into the record and really thought he had something like who really who's telling you that you really have yeah. something here cuz it's 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 unlistenable is it, it really is just unlistenable you, you know and, who did go ahead oh sorry go ahead no i mean and we did early on on the podcast we did a show all about peter chris and like we we went through peter's career chronologically um through days before kiss during kiss and and after kiss and in preparation for preparation for that show i was thinking well maybe i obviously we're going to touch on one for all i'll i'll let me try to listen to it on my way to work one morning oh my god i just couldn't do it it's just (laughs) terrible and i know that ken you don't like live to win and i know mark you're not a fan of any vincent but don't sit there and tell me that those albums are worse than this you can't do it you can't you can't look me in the eye and say, oh no, these are worse than that because it's it's unlistenable. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I like I said, I didn't, I've never heard that record. I mean, totally honest, I've never heard it before. But I look, but I'm gonna say this, at least with Peter, I was already kind of prepared for something bad. <laughs> kind of expecting that. Yeah, that's like having a D student and saying, "Well, I knew he was going to bring home a bad grade like, anyway." So it was I'm a little bar like, for Peter. That's, you know? that's it. I mean, no, but that's exactly it. I was expecting a D minus, and I got you know, if he came home with an E, then I wouldn't be too surprised, you know. But with no, Vinny, I can't grind because me... I wasn't. I didn't, have, I didn't set the bar real high for it, so you're not grounded. <laughs> <laughs> and and you were asking also about who gave him the idea but i just recently they had mark montague on the three sides and he was the one who was there doing it with him and he said that it was Gigi that was in his ear telling him how great he's going to be the next rod stewart and this and that you know and that that was the person who was feeding it to him and that he was saying that it was a bad idea from the get-go not to make that record yeah yeah, that's that's a real tough one. And I mean, I remember the episode that we did on Peter's solo material, and it's hard to get past the title track and the lead-off song on the CD, which has out-of-key singing and all of kind of the stuff that is bad about the album on your first track, which is your first impression of the album. 
Yet, I do find stuff like What a Difference a Day makes kind of endearing because you you know mm. the stories behind some of these songs. I do think Sending the Clowns is brilliant. You know, it may not be perfectly executed, but it's just... It, got my attention. You get it. The theme. It, it, it's, just, it's just one of those kind of things. You know, faces, faces in the crowd, you kind of get it, what he's trying mm. to do. Um, you know, maybe it's like one of those... You know, things with special kids that it's, uh, you know, A for effort, D for execution. It's probably overthought out. Or, or, or rever- you know, yeah, you know, there should have been someone in there saying, Peter, we need to do another take of this, um, this, this vocal track. Okay, we need to do another take of this vocal track. We need to do another. Here is how I would like you to try and sing it. And, and just keep keep going and keep going and keep going until he hits it and comp it, you know, together. Simple as that. Yeah. Because it, it's like they just did single takes or, you know, just took mm-hmm. the full take took for a lot of the vocal tracks. Best one they had or yeah, whatever. Yeah. The only one they had is what it feels like because <laughs> yeah, there, there are some that are just so blatantly out of key that it, it, it's just unbelievable to think that someone – like Charlie Kipps's stature. I mean, come on, he he's not some novice, you know, Facebooker, you know, working on an album to allow that to actually be put on a record and released to the public is just kind of shocking, you know. And I I don't even want to get into Gigi because you know she's there, she's with Peter, and she's supporting him and telling him that he's good and you know giving him the positive emotional reinforcement that he needs. You know, you're doing your art. You know, it's it's a tough thing. I I get that, but there's some you know there's some stuff on there that just should not be. Yeah, it's like it should be released anywhere. It's like the shit. Yeah, it's like the shit, it's like the shit I deleted earlier today. Simple as that. It's just you know, just Julian, don't be so hard on yourself. Just edit it out. Just edit it out. You know, don't be so hard on yourself, Julian. I mean, it's I. I I mean, if, if you're, if you're, I mean, that's the first thing that popped in my head. As soon as you say, as soon as you guys said, well, you can do um, a solo Kiss album too. I'm like, well, there's one answer to that question. I mean, there's, and there's some bad, and don't get me wrong, there is some bad stuff to choose from. But if you're going to go the very worst, it's it's that without without question. Because I might be able, I might be able to sit through asshole. I might have to have a beer or two to sit through asshole, mm-hmm. but I could sit through it. But I can't, I I can't sit through one. <laughs> I, I have no problem sitting through Asshole, and I'm going to go on to my pick. The one album I cannot sit through at all is White Tiger. I think mm. is the it's biggest pile of dog shit ever released, regardless of any connections with Black Sabbath and Kiss. It is mm. just an atrocious piece of fret-wanking, histrionic singing, uninspired crap that sums up everything that was wrong in the 1980s. You know, so mm. when I think of bands that I didn't like, like Lizzie Borden, Bitch, um, Jet Boy, any of that mm. sort of stuff, it is just uninspired. And I, I just don't get what they were trying to do with that. I mean, the image as well. I mean, what the hell is Mark St. John wearing on his head? And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but David Donato looks like a predator there. I mean, okay, White Tiger, I get the illusion, but, oh, God. You know, and that is an album I've listened to twice. You know, in the 80s, when I finally found a copy of it, I listened to it, and I got rid of it. 
And in the, I think it was the 90s or whenever it came out on CD, I listened to it again and it was just, fuck this, you know. It didn't help. Unbelievably bad. <laughs> didn't sound me. any better. You know, for, yeah. for everything that was said against Vinnie Vincent, I would say it's done in spades by Mark St. John because it is just mindless meandering. And mm. it, it's like a bumblebee on acid. I mean, <laughs> at, at least Vinnie was trying to do something. Mark, who purportedly couldn't play the same thing twice, couldn't play the same thing twice in the same damn song. So mm -hmm. it's just, a, a, you know, cacophony, you know, of noise. But he is faster. <laughs> yeah, it's shittier. Faster's better. <laughs> Yeah, don't, yeah, don't. I hope you, you don't. I hope you don't put any sound off that piece. Of... <laughs> yeah. <It's> a... <laughs> Ken, do you remember when White Tiger came out? I I do, and you know what? I don't think I bought it. I think my friend bought it, and he played it. He said me. no thanks. No, and I was like, yeah, you know, it just didn't sound very good to me. Good enough for me to buy, you know, so. Yeah, and the only thing worse than White Tiger are White Tiger bootlegs, you know, because they actually did perform live in some of those circulate, and they are just, uh, <laughs> not very good. Yet, I, I do like the Mark St. John project, and, you know, what was it, the EP and the album has some pretty good, pretty decent stuff on it, so there you go. And I like when he worked with Peter. But that is my least favorite, and I actually dislike that more than Peter's One for All. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, right. that's honestly another record that I, I, I've only heard it once at a friend's place, and that was years and years and years ago. So I, it vaguely registers as a memory. By the sounds of it, that's a good thing, because it uh, sounds like it's pretty pretty bad record there. So um, I don't remember it. Again, it's it's one of those things where I trust your opinion of it, and by the sounds of it, it's just not very memorable pieces of music that are yeah. on there. Yeah. No, it, it's just con it, it's. It's contrived. It's unimaginative. It's uninspired. It's you know, you know, yeah. It's really negative. So, slight <laughs> <like> the review. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's let's move on to terrible kiss albums, if there are any such things, or if everyone. Oh. If everyone is going to say, no, I don't have a terrible one. Are we I'll... sticking to uh... Kiss proper? Studio I mean, album? No no, I'd say no solo album. Studio oh. albums, yeah. Studio no albums. live albums. Because you can sit here and. No live albums. And no greatest. Because you can sit here and pull out a live millennium and everybody's going to agree with you. Yeah, it's a piece of garbage. Yeah, we so, could, I, I guess we could talk about those afterwards. Uh, but let's. You could, you could do a lot. We could, if there's time studio, to pull out, you could, do live, you could do live albums. Mm hmm. Let, let's keep yeah. this to the studio catalog right now, um, because that's really the one where I think things are most likely. Everyone's going to have the same pick. Mm -hmm. So, Lonnie, let's start with you. And uh, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to choose revenge as much as I know you want to. Oh yeah. Or asylum. Yep. Leaving it at all. Right. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, I'm gonna since I'm going first, I get to say "Animalize" since I'm going first. Wow! Wow! Shocker. And "Animalize" to me, there's there's good songs on there, and there's garbage on it. 
I mean, there, there's, and there's, and when I say there's good songs on there, there's a couple of good songs on there. You know, the single Heaven's on Fire, great. It really represents Kiss in the 80s. It's a fantastic, you know, time capsule of, of the 80s and what Kiss was trying to do in the 80s. You know, Paul Stanley sounds great. It's, it's, it's heavy. It has a great chorus. It's really catchy. It, it's a great song. And I've had enough Into the Fire. I really like that song as well. And after that, it starts to go downhill. And it goes downhill quickly with the third song, Burn, Bitch, Burn. And I was, before we were doing the, we were, before we did the Lick It Up episode, I was, I was uh, with my wife and I was telling her some of the, some of the lines on the Lick It Up album, just some of the one, the one liners. And she goes, Oh, that's horrible. I go, oh, no, that's not the worst line on a Kiss album. It's like, later, burn, bitch, burn. I go, this is the worst line in any Kiss album. And she's, that's just, you know, she goes, I have no words for that. That is so ridiculous. I'm like, well, yeah, and it's and it's Gene, it's one-liners, and it's, it's Gene just mailing it in. And that's the biggest thing missing from this album mm-hmm. is a committed Gene Simmons. And But you still give him a co-producer credit on it, which is garbage also. So... Sorry about that. <laughs> the hell are you doing? So, that, was, and, that, that was the sound of a log in a fireplace. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's... it's Not only is it the album that I probably play the least, it's also like the album, if I do like a mix on my iTunes or something uh, of Kiss songs, it's, it's the album that probably has the least amount of selections on it for a just a, a mixture of, of Kiss songs while I'm working around the house or, or doing whatever. It's, and that's the big, and, and, and that's the biggest thing it's missing. It's missing Gene Simmons. It's, it's not a Kiss album, in my opinion, unless you have, well, it is a Kiss album, but the best Kiss albums have strong commitment from both Gene, and, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. And in my opinion, if that's not present on a Kiss album, well, the album really suffers and i think most of the albums that you got that we're gonna pick here are gonna be the albums where there's not a strong commitment from the two main parties what the hell is so damn fun <laughs> no no nothing that's funny that's funny that's a good pick i think the the top selling uh, studio album of the 1980s <laughs> Yep. I did pick it. It is a top-selling yeah. studio album in the 1980s. But that, that's but that's it, more a knock-on effect of Vinnie Vincent than a, than Animalize itself. It was a success because of Look It Up, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, you know, yeah, that, it's that, Look It and, and a good and a good single and a, and a good single and a video that got a lot of airplay on MTV at the time. Yep. Okay. Well, you know, I got to say that one song in particular is pretty far down the um, Kiss catalog for my personal taste as well, but. I, I think Paul Stanley really saves that album, and you know Gene's got, well, one good song on there, so I, I couldn't agree with you totally, but I certainly see where you're coming from. Mark, let's go to your pick of terribleness. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna preface my pick by saying that if you people have been watching these past episodes. You, I think you might know what's going to come next. Knew it. Oh, oh my God. Knew it. <laughs> I'm hanging out. 
Okay. Well, it's a holy water, holy water. Now, and I'm going to have to say again... God, I hate Detroit Rock City. <laughs> I'm going to say again why I, I feel that oh. way. Because, to me, as good as an album as it is, to me, it's not really a Kiss record. I mean, all the records that I listen to that I love from Kiss, whether it's the first record or Rock and Roll Over or, you know, even Love Gun, Asylum, all those records to me sound like Kiss records to me. As soon as Bob Ezrin gets involved with these guys, bad things happen all the time, it seems, you know? Oh, no. I mean, whether yeah. it's Revenge or Damn, The Elder, bench, you know? You, know, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta turn in your Canadian card for going off on Ezrin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, hey, oh. and like I said in my that past episode that we did, I told him that I d- didn't think that some of these right. records were so so hot, you know. Put the finger in his chest and really put him in his place. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I respect him enough that I would never do that. But <laughs> I would never do that, you know. <laughs> but you know, it's it's to, to me, like I said, there's there 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 are good songs on there, you know. To me, I'm almost thinking of it like how Paul Stanley talks about the Elder. It's it's a great album, but it's not a Kiss album, you know, it, and. You know, like from right out, right off the top, they put Detroit Rock City on. But before we get to it, we have to put up a minute of that, you know, somebody washing their damn dishes and humming along to a song and then going into their car. It's like, come on, man. Like, when when is this song starting here? You know, like, you know, I understand that they're trying to make a concept out of this, but, you know, the concept isn't to put you to sleep, is it? I mean, yeah, I want to get to the music here, right? And... Okay, it's it, Mark. It's called connective tissue. You know, <laughs> it kind of holds everything together. Rush and then they go into the DMK in the nighttime right. world. I can't stand that song. Rush has well, done actually, that a little bit, right? Yeah. Okay, but the, I, but I'm saying though, they they have, they keep my attention though. You know, oh. that doesn't keep my attention. You know, and and King of the Nighttime World. That's actually my favorite song off of that album it, it it's it kicks ass it's it's got some tempo to it it's got some you know real fire to it you know it's got some you know de- you know it's decent lead guitar playing and stuff like that and you know i don't mind that song but you know god of thunder it's pretty plodding on that album you know and i'm gonna say this too that the songs that are on this record i think are a hundredfold better live than they are in the studio record i like a lot of those songs in a live circumstance but since we're talking about like studio albums i i don't like the material as much on here i mean whether it's the piano that ezrin thought was such a brilliant idea to put in behind guitar chords like that which i think are a total you know the, they're just things in this album that just don't connect with me that the, the blatant reverb that he put on Peter's drums that just sound like it's in a you know on a hallway or in an elevator somewhere I just 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 certain things about it I just don't like he turned the sound too creamy you know it, it doesn't have as much balls or hair to the sound anymore it's too smooth it's just you know this is not Alice Cooper man come on this is supposed Stick to be clean. Kiss you know this is you know be I I just like I said, I love Kiss. I have so I have all the records, just like we all do, with so many different variations. Blah 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 blah. And I even have lots of ones of Destroyer. But for some reason, this record, the longer I've had it and owned it and listened to it, the less and less it's connecting with me. You know, and that's just an honest 
opinion of mine, and I've given you my reasons why I think it's a total Pepe Le Pew album, and I would pass on it any time I have a chance. I mean, if those if Detroit Rock City comes up on Alive 2, I'll listen to it. But if it comes off off the Destroyer record, skip. I just have no response for anything you've just said. <laughs> I'm just. A- <laughs> I was surprised. That's that's the, the you, you know you know when you when you've said that before and you know everything is subjective so there is no right answer there is no wrong answer sure. um, you know we we all have things that resonate with us I mean when you look back to some of the reviews in early '76 you know right after Destroyer comes out and all the people who had hopped on board with Alive are suddenly, holy shit, what is this? And I mean, the band's freaking out, and Allcoin's freaking out. It's like, what the fuck have we done? You know, Jack Douglas, Douglas, come and save us, remix this shit. What the hell did Bob Ezrin do to us? You know, know, it's like Alice in Wonderland and Kiss jumped down the rabbit hole. And it's, I get it. You know, when you compare it to those, and then you go into Rock and Roll Over, which is the absolute opposite possible from Destroyer. So, I I, I understand it, but I don't understand it, if you get what I mean. Um, <laughs> I, I got you. Yeah. All right, so I, I'm going to go with mine before I let Ken have the final word. And it, it's not so that I can make sure I get my pick, because there were, you know, there are three albums I could easily choose from to be what I consider a terrible Kiss album. And my pick is Crazy Nights. Yeah. Um, you're going to say because you're talking about the <laughs> Yeah, and, and again, it goes back to my history of, again, being a new fan with Asylum, and you've got a basically a ballsy rock and roll album with that, whether or not you like the image, whether or not you like the music, it was still, you know, rough and tumble rock and roll. And then you get this polished nugget of shit that is still on the inside a piece of shit. It's got songs that are good, <laughs> when they're not polished but you've completely taken everything out of them by turning them into kiss light by going for what really wasn't the kiss sound everything that ron neverson was good at that he did very well with ozzy you know ultimate sin is one of my all-time favorite albums i absolutely love that what he did with heart unbelievable totally suited the band totally suited you know ozzy you know Ultimate Sin, I think, is his top-selling '80s album. I, I have to, you know, fact-check that, but I think it has sold more than Diary and, you know, Blizzard. So go mm-hmm. figure on that. You know, it, you know, metrics don't mean shit in terms of taste, but um, Crazy Nights. I, I find the songs parodies, parodies of Kiss. When you have a song like Bang Bang You is down at the very bottom. I think it's, if Read My Body is at the very bottom of the worst Kiss songs, then Bang Bang use one position above that for me. Just utter shit. Um, you know, shoot you down with my love gun baby. Oh, really? And, it, and, it, and how many people did it take to write that song? It's like some piece of modern fucking rap. Um, and how long did it take to write <laughs> Yeah, how, how long? You know, for, for everything that they had said, you know, they wanted to take time off from Asylum to get the songs right, to wait for Nevison to be available, to really make an album like Hysteria or, you know, Slippery When Wet or Pyromania where every single song could really be a single and be a hit. And to come up with an album that's really full of 
nothing. I think probably the best song on there for me is Turn on the Night or maybe even Thief in the Night. You know, those two have reason to live. But the rest of it is just over-polished crap. And it's really condescending rock. It's contrived, it's imitation, and it just falls on its face. And then you listen to the demos, and you're like, holy shit, this is actually pretty good. You know, so it's all down to the sonics, just like was the case with, um, Ken, was it you who picked Live to Win? Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, yes. exactly the same situation, yeah. and you'll notice that Paul Stanley's the leading figure in both of those. Polish the soul off the songs. So, you know, I've said it before, if they do a deluxe edition where mm-hmm. they do the demos and everyone else gets to hear them, you'll see that they the songs have character until Nevison, you know, does what he's asked to do. So... Ken. That's what they wanted, though. Yep. That's what well, they wanted. Okay, here it is. I, I was going to also choose Crazy Nights. Mm. Well, then you can have Hot in the Shade or Carnal of Souls. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, so, so I will go with... I will go. So and that, Since you chose Crazy Nights, I'm going to go. But I agree with you uh, about that one. First of all, I just want to say that uh, is Kiss being neutered on that yeah. album. And Paul Stanley singing too high, mm-hmm. and and Gene Simmons losing the demon voice. Uh, he's singing songs that should be maybe on a solo album of his instead of a Kiss album. Um, his songs weren't bad. It's just it's not him. You know, it's not the the demon. So anyway. Yeah, I agree with you. Everything about yeah, the, the songs aren't bad. Again, it's the execution. It's know, execution and, 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 and the finishing. There, the, the, there are some good songs in terms of their structure, their lyrics, their content, the music. I mean, Bruce's guitars sound fucking oh, awful. Yeah. You know what That's guitars? True. I mean, ugh. But Kiss is not heart. So. No, Mm-mm. it just doesn't work for them. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna go with uh, Hot in the Shade. <laughs> uh, there's again that one. Well, you mentioned Read My Body. That's just... Uh, that puts you in the danger zone. <laughs> that's just way you know, down the totem pole there. And uh, there's not a whole lot of good stuff on there. Well, there is some good stuff, but... There's the thing a whole is, lot of stuff on there. It's, it's demo, basically, form, and it's not really finished product. Um, there's some drum machine going on instead of Eric Carr playing. Um there's a lot wrong with it by doing it just kind of uh, half, I guess you go off half-assing it, I guess you could call it, uh, that album. Um, they could have probably made it into a pretty good album. And then the other thing is you didn't need that many songs. You know, cut it cut it back to 10, get the 10 best songs. So if you can drop Read My Body and, uh, you know, a couple other songs, and uh, it would probably have been season. better. Plus a, a solid producer on it, uh, I think it would have been a pretty darn good. It, it could have, you know, rivaled Asylum or something like that. Uh, but I, yeah, it's it's just not finished in my opinion. Um, again, it's just kind of flat. I don't know if that makes sense. It's just the sound of that demo kind of it's, it's flat sounding to me. Uh, yeah. doesn't jump out at you, the music. Yeah. Though I do like Cadillac Dreams and, you know, <clears throat> of course, Hide Your Heart is a great song. Um, and if, if a couple others, but maybe about half of it, you know. Uh, but that's it. 
you know, the whole overall, you know, try on that was no good. Even though the tour was great, yeah, the album was not. Well, that's another great example, though, of them trying to save money and at the expense of making the record sound good. You know, I mean, they were more concerned about, you know, having money in their bank accounts than they did about making a really solid sounding record. I mean, they they admittedly themselves said that they went to a demo studio to work on this stuff. So they got a demo studio sound, you know, mm-hmm. but they would have went to something like one on one or, you know, Cherokee or one of these other bigger studios and did it there. They would have probably got much better sound results for sure. And maybe it would have made for a much better record overall. Yeah, here's the thing with Hot in the Shade. It, again, it starts off and it's utter imitation and very contrived. I love Rise to It. Once you get past that stupid freaking you know, slide intro piece, which is like a bad analog of Wanted Dead and Alive, uh, or Wanted Dead or Alive from Bon Jovi, and Cinderella's yeah. Bad Seamstress or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Long Cold Winter. I mean, it's just copycatting. Rise to It itself is fantastic. Uh, you know, just a good rock song. Hide Your Heart's fantastic, um, though the sonic qualities of that are nowhere near. I mean, look at that reel I found a few years ago, Street Legal and Something Wicked This Way Comes. Sounds absolutely fantastic, and that's just a gene demo, basically, um, compared to the sonic qualities of any of the material on, you know, on Hot in the Shade. Forever unbelievable yeah, just, just imagine that with I'll, I'll even say it with ezrin or nevison production mm. qualities which would have suited that song very well because of its basic essence would have been i mean it, it was a number four hit in america regardless of its you know mm-hmm. um inherent quality but just imagine it what it could have been so and then you apply that to all the other material on on the album which there is far too much material simple as that and when you have that amount of material you're going to have that amount of filler multiplied and there is just way too much filler on this album it's it's depressing because there's some really really strong stuff from both gene and paul i mean this is the start of gene's renaissance this uh picture here just really quickly uh this is apparently gene and paul doing the remix for the single of forever so obviously they had enough faith in that song to do a remix for the seven inch single that came out and that's apparently the picture at the studio when they were doing it at that point so obviously they took some of the material seriously enough to go back and do a proper remix i don't have that version on seven inch so i couldn't tell you how drastically different it is from the record version but obviously they made an attempt at that right there's better separation again you know being being the key thing that you can feel the nuances in the song that's what i get out of it but it's it's a little it's it's more obvious than say when uh, you listen to the full guitar power mix of rise to it which is basically the mm-hmm. same damn song yeah so which one of these albums that we've uh picked we've got crazy nights hot in the shade destroyer um and what was and animalize which one of these would we say or could we say is absolutely the most terrible of all of them destroyer no chance no. You're, yeah, you're, you're, not go. gonna get a, you're not gonna get a majority on that one i was gonna do crazy nights 
I could I could swing my vote to Crazy Nights. Yeah, I could easily go Crazy Nights or Hot in the Shade. I, I think I'd got to, mm. you know, Hot in the Shade has forever and hide your heart and rise to it. And Crazy Nights has reason to live, which <laughs> means that I, I think Crazy good, Nights... And has is, Good Girl Gone Bad and No, No, No and Bang, Bang, You yeah. and a whole lot of other crap. Yeah. <laughs> Turn on the night is pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, in, in, yeah. comparatively speaking, I would have to say that Crazy Nights is worse than Hot in the Shade. You know what, though? There's only one thing that could have made Crazy Nights even worse, though, is if Bob Ezra. Bob Ezra died. Yeah. That's America. <laughs> uh, Mark, you're killing me. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> is, is there any consensus here? Crazy Nights. Yeah, or, or I would we, say that. Or we yeah, have to beg to differ. No, yeah. I would say that out of those, excluding mine because I know mine's a very controversial pick. But yeah, <laughs> I'd say no. I agree. You're in for it this week. <laughs> I know. I've already got the tomato shield ready. So. <laughs> and just remember, everyone listening, an opinion is only an opinion. It is not truth or fact. Um, exactly. So let's go to the. Uh, the extra kiss albums we had uh, one for all white tiger any vincent which one invasion or uh, the, the first one yeah. the first one and uh what was the other pick uh Lift all to for win. one live to win does does any one of those uh, take the cake and i'm gonna go one for all I'll go one for all. Yeah. Also, even though I've never heard it, I'll I'll agree because it sounds like it's a horrendous album. It's like an enema only for your ears. <laughs> you know, but the thing the thing about that, that I find kind of odd though is that whenever you see these people now online with these you know selling and trading records, for some reason the odd time that I see somebody who has all for one, it's something like three hundred dollars they're selling it for. Like really, if it's that bad, why are they? Selling it like you know maybe because it's so rare no, they didn't sell anything so thing. it's yeah. rare they they actually melted Wine. down all the excess stock. <laughs> <laughs> so don't 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 hurt anybody else's eardrums. Just get rid of this. It's self combusted. All right, so let's talk about live albums. Hmm. You know we got we have yeah. a, we have a, we're a few minutes short of our usual time, so let's go to that category that Easy. we kind of mentioned earlier of the Kiss catalog live albums is there any one that you would consider terrible and atrocious to the ears and i'm going to go first so so that i can just get the pick out of the way <laughs> kiss symphony mm. pile mm. of poo i i just think it does not work i find the orchestral arrangements to be juvenile i compare it with great bands that have done um orchestral marriages of their music such as um Deep okay. Purple, Deep, no Metallica, shit. But <laughs> I'm sorry, S and M is fucking awful. But uh, you know, I I really think that Kiss missed the point completely. It was pedestrian. It wasn't adventurous, with the exception of Great Expectations, which was really, mm. uh, you know, that and Beth. You know, getting to see them with an orchestra live was really cool. Um, and Mark has to hate it too because there's so many Destroyer songs on it. <laughs> no, but he said, "Well, he said live." Better live. Yeah, he he had his out. 
you know, he, he was well set up. So I, I don't I don't like symphony at all. I would rather listen to Millennium before I listen to symphony any day of the week. So that's mine. Shoot me. Hmm. And I won't even talk about the video. I'll have a seizure. <laughs> Ken, how about you? I'm going to go with Kiss Alive 3. Wow. Because I just don't like the sound. Again, it's a production thing for me. Um, I wanted to hear something more like, you know, maybe Alive 1 or 2. But it just it doesn't sound anything. The separation's not there. and uh, uh, I think it has to be the guitar tone, I guess. Uh, on live three it's really i don't like too um bad mid-range yeah um and you know it's all right they left a song off i know we did a re- i think a review or did something on this that album but uh the, i mean it has a, a good song selections on there uh you know a nice set list but i i i don't listen to it anymore i just if I'm going to pull out on a live, I'm going to do a live one or two, basically, um, or bootleg for that matter. <laughs> uh, so a live three just doesn't work for me. Um, Sound-wise is the key thing. And it just sounds the same mon- monotonous kind of crunch through the whole thing. It's, it just doesn't grab me anymore. Um, yeah, I think I might liked it. I think I liked it a lot when it first came out, but now I just have a hard time listening to that one. Yeah, you know, there's any number of bootlegs from that tour that are of such good quality mm-hmm. that they're, I would say, they're, you know, perfectly acceptable replacements for that album. Mm-hmm. Um, not least that they've got, you know, 22, 23 songs on them, you know, so stuff that uh, isn't on the actual album. And I think we've mentioned it a few shows ago, you know, the uh, Kissology version of Detroit, you know, goes some way to remedying yeah. things that were wrong with it. So, yeah, you know, but it's worse than Symphony. You know, Symphony, uh, I think it was produced better. Um, uh, now, the where you don't like the Symphony, uh, the way it's written or the you say it's juvenile um i don't know i, I just kind of like the take and it's, it's for it being different i give it a little higher you know a little bit higher because it's different it's just not the same old thing they're trying for something and this is sometimes you know they achieved it okay on, on certain songs they did pretty well uh but um i still it's, it's i think it's production is the key thing for me Fair enough. Mark, let's go to you for your worst live kiss experience on record. <clears throat> okay, well, you know, at first I have to kind of think about this for a second. What really is the worst record that they made? Now, there's not going to be too big of a controversy with this pick, I don't think. Now, originally I was kind of thinking, you know, really high up there. As much as I like it, the fact that there's so much damn audience on it kind of irks me about a live too. But I didn't pick that one. I picked this one. <laughs> it's kind of another easy target. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, and the main reason why I picked this one, <clears throat> the songs that they picked on there are not bad and stuff like that. But it, to me, I can really hear a band 
that's on its way to splitting up at this point on that, I find. I mean, Peter Chris is in, like, low gear on this record. I mean, I remember when the first time I heard when they had a, I think they put a rock and roll night on, on a on one on a CD I had some of not recorded. Yeah. And it was so damn slow like dude 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 I was like holy smoke like <laughs> somebody get behind Peter and wind the key there to get him going there. You know, because it was so damn ploddingly slow. I was like, wow, can they do this song any slower? And it just seems like that sort of uh vibe is throughout the whole kind of concert in my opinion. It just seems like there's just no fire in it. I mean, if they would have did a recording of a live show, maybe at the very beginning of the whole reunion, maybe there would have been a lot more fire. I mean, you look at some of these bootleg shows that you can get on YouTube from the reunion tour. I mean, a lot of them have a lot more fire and energy to them than that does. I mean, that just seems that they're on low batteries, that they're just, you know, ready to hop on the next airplane back home after the show's done. You know, it's like as soon as the last symbol hits done, by the time it's even stopped ringing, Peter Chris is already in the dressing room, you know? it's it's It, it just seems like it's a very tired record, and it they've done, obviously, much better. And that's the curse of the Alive, you know, catalog, because... Once you've done a live one, I mean, really, how are you going to ever top that? I mean, that is their pinnacle as far as a live record goes. And, you know, while I did say before there are other things I would change on a live, there's, I still think it's the, the one of the best live records that was ever done. So once you, uh, once you, you know, go from there, it's hard to top it. But this is definitely their worst live album, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not a matter of the band being in low gear. They're in no gear. <laughs> I mean, that's the danger of triggers. Yeah. You know, yeah. Remote control yeah. drumming. Because yeah. <laughs> I think the barely done it. Pow! <laughs> I had too many Valiums. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's hard to fault it. I... I I don't dislike it that much. I have listened to it quite a bit more than I have Symphony, um, but it's uh, it doesn't hold a candle to one, two, or three or MTV. So, Lonnie, let's go to you to uh, wrap up the episode with your pick of the worst live Kiss album. Well, it's at this point, it's a little hard for me to choose because, well, at least to choose a different one because. The, the live albums that we haven't picked are Alive, Alive 2, MTV Unplugged, and I guess Kiss Rocks Vegas. Right. And you wanted the best, if you really want to cop out. I, mean, <laughs> can't really cop that. I don't really count that. That's just, that's like compilation live. It's like. In the studio. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So can you really count it as a live album? So. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna have to because I'm not gonna sit here and say anything negative about a live or a live two. So I'm gonna have to disagree with agree with Mark because Millennium is is totally atrocious, and you can under when you listen to it. And I was excited when it came out in that box set. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, finally, because it was promoted. At least it was promoted at the the first few months of the farewell tour it was promoted that this is coming out and then it was delayed for a month and then it was delayed for another month and then it was just gone. Yeah. And when I, you know, when we had that version of rock and roll night on the box set 
And if you look at your box set, the booklet of the box set, it says, you know, coming soon, Alive 4, you know, this is what it's off of. I'm like, oh, coming soon. This came out like two years after Alive 4 was supposed to come out to begin with. But whatever. It's kissing me. Don't ask questions. And when it came out, I was excited. I was like, well, finally, I get to listen to this album that was supposed to be this, you know, quote unquote, the soundtrack of the farewell tour and an album that I was really looking forward to at, at the time because it was you didn't get a proper live release of the four original guys back together. You know why they didn't do it for the reunion tour when the band was really clicking and the band was really sounding a whole lot better. I'll never understand that. Why you didn't release that either at Christmas of 96 or in the spring of 97, instead of releasing greatest kiss. Um, I don't, I, I don't quite understand, yeah. but it is what it is. And I was excited to get it though. Like, Oh, this is going to be great. And God, is it slow and awful and i remember getting it i guess it was it was 2006 when it came out i think it was like fall of 06 i think when it came out when that millennium box set came out and i remember getting it and downloading it to my itunes putting it on my ipod still at the time and go i was like well, i'm gonna listen to this when i go on for when i go for a run this afternoon and it, it's the worst album to go for a run listening to because it's so freaking slow <laughs> 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 I, feel like, I feel like I need to go for a walk listen walk. to that I go for a yeah. run so yeah. it, I was just like and, I, and midway through I'm like why have, I having such a hard time here running like, and I put two and two together it's because it sucks but it's really almost in the category of, of, of unlistenable of something that's unlistenable and like the God of Thunder, like and you remember that? You remember that when um when it came out? If you went and bought it, Best Buy, you're supposed to get like a bonus. The Best Buy version was supposed to include Two Thousand Man and God of Thunder, mm-hmm. and then you get home and it didn't have it. And then like two weeks later, you went back and Best Buy made up for it, or Kiss made up for it, or whoever made the error made up for it. You can go back and you got your CD with the other songs on. But the God of Thunder is so slow. I mean, it just plots along and seems like it won't end. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. The, the best, the best buy fiasco. Alive, alive too, and it's like on steroids in comparison mm-hmm. to that song. It doesn't even sound like the same song. I, if you're gonna ask me the worst live Kiss album or Kiss album, it's un live Kiss album. It's unlistenable. It's it's that one, and it, and it's so sad because Kiss is a band that's known for their live performance you know and how yeah. either good they sound live or what a great show they put on and the, to listen and and a live and a live album is what broke them into you know stardom and the fact that this is a live album from the same four guys is just hard to imagine mm-hmm. it's that bad yeah that's that's all fair enough I will say I'm happier with the version that came out on vinyl in 2014. That number one has all those bonus tracks, you know, put back in their proper place. You speed it up five percent; it's it's a lot better as an album. Um, there you go. <laughs> you know that that I was gonna when I was trying to interrupt you, I was gonna say that you know that Best Buy fiasco. You'd go back in and someone had walked in and taken all the Best Buy bonus CDs. You know that they mm-hmm. put out. You know, I remember that happening. Oh yeah, we mm-hmm. got them in. Oh. And then you'd be reading online. Yeah, I went in. They weren't even keeping track, so I took them all. You know, 
Oh my god! I had to actually buy my replacement on eBay from someone who probably walked out from a stack. Um, yeah, that 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 whole album leaves a, a bad taste, and you just know why it wasn't released in 2000 in conjunction with the farewell tour. Because you, I, I guess you really didn't want to advertise that that is what the band sounded like. This is what you're going to come see. Yeah, at that point. <laughs> and I, I think the other point that you make that, you know, why didn't they record? I mean, they they had that eight-day stand at um, Detroit, you know, the rehearsals. They did the Shout It Out Loud video um, and recorded that. Why didn't they record a live album during those rehearsals? And during the show, they would have had all the punch-ins that they needed. Why didn't they record it in L.A. at the three-night stand that they had, or at Madison Square Garden? Yeah. Apart from the union, yeah. apart you, from you the union issues, live at Madison Square Garden or some something like that. Yeah. From those four nights at Madison Square Garden, and took took you know either taking a mixture of those four shows, or going going in and in typical Kiss fashion, clean it up a little bit, but. You could have done something live at Madison Square Garden on the reunion tour, on the, mm. taken from the four nights. It'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. I I agree. It's a real missed opportunity when, especially now that you look back at some of the stuff that is circulating from that period, video wise, um, soundboard wise. You know that there were some pretty decent performances. Obviously, the Kiss of 1996 was not the Kiss of 1977, but it was a damn good show. That's for certain, for someone who never saw '77 and only has to <laughs> compare the, you know, the bootlegs, the the yeah. recordings were very good. They were powerful. They sounded great many times. And Peter, early on, you know, when they said that he was yeah. an MVP from the effort that he made early on in the reunion, those were the ones to capture. Putting out a live Millennium is almost like a middle finger to Peter and Ace because. I don't think Ace's performance is that good either. It is sloppy. It's, you know, you have the good sloppy Ace and you have the bad sloppy Ace. And yeah. that certainly doesn't do any favors to him in terms of his reputation. And no. Peter, you know, it, it's just like, it's like kick, kicking the cat. Mm. <laughs> Nicely put. <laughs> All right. So oh, any, yeah. any final thoughts before we move on? No, no. no. I, I'm not even going to put these three disparate albums up against one another. I, I think we can all agree. I think they're alive equally four. bad in their own right. Yeah, <laughs> Alive Four, Crazy Nights, and One for All are what we consider the most terrible of terrible. Those that shall never be named. God, you got <laughs> Voldemort coming out holding a Crazy Nights album, so. <laughs> All right, so that was our show to for today, and that is Topic Roulette. So interesting where that one went with no preparation, no knowledge of what we were going to do. So good job, gentlemen. And for anyone out there, uh, we do appreciate you listening, and we do like when you get involved in the discussion about the topic that we've had uh, to chime in with your opinion. Obviously, there's already a thread where people have been discussing terrible Kiss albums, but uh, we'll post up our own thread for you to chime in on on Facebook, on YouTube, and on the FAQ message board. So we'd love to hear what you think, whether you agree with us or not, or you've got your own picks. You know, call us out on something that we've forgotten to mention about one of these albums, some obvious thing that we've overlooked. We love to 
have the conversation enhanced by your participation. So, for Ken, for Lonnie, for Mark and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again. Thank you.